Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch. Up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that rainbow. Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USC is going to do the same thing again year after year. Oh no! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rain of Shore Radio. This is the car cast after USC's. 45 to 28? 42 to 28. 42 to 20. It's hard to remember they, they the missed score. The, they missed a field goal. They did? Yeah. Yeah, and SC scored garbage points. 15 of them in the fourth quarter. Yes. yes. Uh, this was on pace to be the second worst home loss in the history of the Coliseum for USC. Until they scored 15 points, meaningless points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, which I have an opinion about, which we're going to get to. But yeah. uh, let's be honest. Uh, this might be the... 2021 uh, car cast for the Stanford game. But let's be real. You've heard this episode many times before. Uh, and one you maybe were anticipating. Uh, we know a lot of people love the car cast episodes after USC falters. Uh, so here we are. Uh, SC falters in a game in which they had a win probability through SP Plus of 94%. And one of us in the preview pod. One of us. Not naming names, <laughs> said there was no football reason for USC to lose this game, which is supposed to be the kiss of death. Like the yeah, no football reason thing is is that person created this like signature thing of theirs, and then did the weird thing where they didn't follow up with it to make the prediction. Right, they chickened out on it. Yeah, despite knowing that that was the sign. There's no football reason. That means you definitely, you definitely have to go all in. Um, that person did not go all in, and SC did not go all in in this game, uh, losing a lot of points. Uh, and in typical USC fashion under Clay Helton, um, it was a game in which I think you can look at this, and again, I, I, I recognize what, that these words sound bizarre, um, I don't think they just got dominated in this game, which is 
Doesn't that make it worse? Yes. It, no, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. That, that, that is the point. That like I, I think that when when SC loses a game fifty two to Alabama fifty two to six to Alabama and they get just demolished in every aspect of the game or the the Notre Dame uh, blowout yeah yeah you can it's it's a little bit easier to talk about but when you have a game like this in which this reminds me of so much of the Oregon game in 2019 except. Weirdly Ex- better for SC, except even though that, that's that's again that Stanford, insane. To Stanford say. doesn't have Kayvon Thibodeau, right? Like, right, yeah. Like, and and it wasn't three straight interceptions that yeah. flows through. But like, th- this was a game that you know should not have gone the way it it did to the extent that it did. Um, in in a, in a weird way, it's a lot like the Holiday Bowl, where um, SC in in. The way that this should have gone, the way the game was going, you lose this game close because your defense wasn't able to make a stop at the end. But the way everything went, everything compounds. SC on three straight drives has the ball go through the fingertips of a receiver. Um, and that's not an, uh, it's not entirely on the receivers. It's on Keaton Slovis. It's on the combination of that. Uh, and it's on the... Amalgamation of everything. This was a well, you game survived. in which every little moment that could have de- that could have been a factor in deciding the game went Stanford's way. Every team, every single one. every team has players drop passes. Every yeah. team has players have execution mishaps. Every team yeah. has players commit penalties. Every team has those things. The, I mean, Lord knows that P. Carroll teams had a hell of a lot of penalties. Hundred percent, yeah. But P. Carroll teams won, and and other teams went on to win because. They weren't bogged down by all of the other issues that USC is bogged down by. Like Gary Bryant Jr. dropping that that touchdown pass isn't as big of a deal if USC doesn't have a horrendous record in the red zone. Like it's it's your play before and after that dictates those things. The the penalties that SC commits, they hurt because they let them hurt them. Right. Um, Yeah. And and yeah, if if you didn't, if you weren't banking on those plays, uh, you wouldn't be in a, in a position to where when those plays don't go your way, everything crumbles like a house of cards, and suddenly you throw a pick six, and it's like the whole world is crumbling in, and Stanford is getting every chunk play that they could, and it looked like the team gave up, and you just got nothing, and yeah, booze raining down in the Coliseum like we've heard before. And it's the same the same thing as forever. This was a game in which, again, on a play-by-play basis, SC should have been in it. We know that going into it, they absolutely should have been. But they weren't because they made every little mistake and every little mistake cost them because they just stacked and stacked like little Jenga pieces on top of each other until it all crumbled. And and that's what happens to USC. That that's what happens to this this USC program right now, is they they do need a certain number of plays to go their way. They need Drake London to boss it out at right. some point. And yep. Drake London did not have a good game. So if Drake London doesn't have a good game, you're screwed. Well, that's it's <laughs> not a great way to run your program. Right. Uh, it's not a great way to like cross your fingers and hope that like Drake London does something incredible. You can't always depend on Drake London to do something incredible. 
You can't always right. depend on Drake Jackson to do something incredible. And some some games you're going to have all of that come together where none of them do any of it. And then that's you end up with this because you have nothing else to fall back on. Stanford yeah. is not a great football team. They will not be a great. This is not a Stanford team that's going to like run the table and be one of those teams that's like, oh, magically they're in contention for the Pac-12 North. That's so, not what this team so is going to be. Opinions on that. Oh, don't fall into that trap, Michael. Don't don't do it. Don't like we're we've been here long enough. Stanford will no, be fine I because know, Stanford. Stanford. So. What my point is, Stanford's going to be able to fall up, fall back on David Shaw. But you know what, Tanner McKee's going to come down to earth when he faces a, a different defense that's not USC on this night. And Stanford's defense is going to give up forty points on their own to to, to somebody else. Like this, this is not an, a Stanford team that's going to run through the Pac-12 North and be super competitive. They're going to be the typical Stanford team that David Shaw is capable of producing because David Shaw is a competent head coach, and that's so, so just the basics. They're, they're going to beat Cal but lose to Oregon State. Yes, probably. Sorry, uh, be, beat Oregon but lose to Oregon State. Yeah, probably. I mean, they're going to be. They're going to be. They're going to be whatever. Like, this Stanford team is okay. going to be whatever. Can, can I just give you my Stanford opinion really quick? Okay. Before we get into all the SC stuff that yeah. we're inevitably going to say. Uh, I think going forward, and hold me to this next year, please. Hold me to it. No longer ever giving putting stock in anything Stanford does in week in one. In week one, no. Not because, not because I th- Stanford is just not good in week one. I well, think, they aren't. I think my new perspective is that I think Stanford looks at week one as a preseason game. Uh, that might that may be the case. It's very and, and dumb they, of like, them. Like I think it's like a forty chess thing. It's it's very dumb of that. I believe that David Shaw would be playing forty because chess because if you, if you're David Shaw, if you always you know have USC in week is, two, but, and but on top of that, you know that this is not a playoff team. Yeah. So you don't need to. Ru- that's you don't some need to galaxy. Per- that's some galaxy brain bullshit. And like, I believe that David Shaw is smart enough to try that crap. But like, it's not smart being a football. I'm not there's that a David reason. Shaw's gonna there's a reason that, say that this, there's a reason like, that Stanford is 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 what Stanford is at the at the current moment. But like, either way, no, I, I, e- either way, Stanford and they're playing to lose. St- Stanford in week one is always terrible. We know this. Don't pay attention to Stanford in week one. But also, don't write off Stanford because David Shaw is a competent head coach, and give him at least yes. that credit. But sure. also, but also, this is not a great Stanford team. Let's not act like this is a great Stanford team. Let's not act like they had any business being on the field with USC at the Coliseum. Let's not act like any of that is like they is anything they short of they weren't good enough to the point that SC couldn't have won this game. SC absolutely the, should have the, won this, this game regardless. The, yes, absolutely, and and it's on USC. It's it's just straight up on USC, and it's always on USC. And when I say it's on USC, yes, people, I'm saying it's on Clay Helton because he is USC at this point. Like, there's no getting around it. This is the. How can this not be the breaking point, Michael? How can it, it not is. be the breaking it point? It is, because here's the thing. We, we talked about going into this season. was It was entirely the eye test. And this is why I find it frustrating when people are like, well, how many wins does Cleo need to get this, to, to survive? Does he need to win the Pac-12 South? Does he need to win the... Con-? Like All those things are sort of irrelevant because it's all about the eye test. You can go 11-1 and one and not win the conference... And 12-0, ASU wins the conference, and then, yes, obviously that you would keep him, right? 
And then there's the flip side, which is you go seven and five and win the conference. And then no, like you didn't earn it that way, right? Like there's levels to this. And yeah, but I'm, USC is not the levels are irrelevant at this point because we're two games in and USC hasn't passed the eye test. Right, but that's what so that's what I'm saying. The, the, what the I'm one saying and one is, record is a is a is a is a is a yeah, fair that, reflection of what this team is. No, I'm not talking about the record. What I'm saying yeah. is the whole point of this season was to not look at the record and look at the eye test. Yes. And here we are. They SC needed to pass the eye test. Um and they're not. Um and it has nothing to do with the score cuz you look at the end of the, the the final score and it's 42 to 28 and you're like, well it wasn't the the worst loss in the history of of USC football, but yet it nearly was. This they were down by 29 points to a team that was a 17-point underdog, uh, and yet Clay Helton continues to roll the dice with, with Keaton Slovis deep into the fourth quarter, despite having a number two quarterback that's going to be the future of your program and never putting him in for a snap in a game well, in which you be- can, because, USC- because you have a, a redshirt rule that allows you to do so. But uh, USC doesn't, to USC doesn't know how to handle the end of games because they're never in ends of games that aren't competitive, positively Too or sure. negatively. So, like, why would I expect Clay Helton to know what the hell to do in that situation when Clay Helton isn't in that situation half the to, time? To be fair, SC is in these situations. Well, they don't, they don't often get blown out. It's happened a couple to a handful of times, but like it, it's not often that USC okay. is blown out. It's it's ha- happened a few times to Clay Helton. That it's happened a few times to Hel- Clay. Well, Helton that's a that's an entirely damn. that. There's a reason that he should not he should not be in the job that he's currently in because of those things that have happened in the past. But that's in the past. 2017 happened. 2018 happened. All of that's in the past. In 2021. Six years into this tenure, and I'm asking you, is this finally the breaking point? It is. It has to be the breaking point because it's, it's easy. Undoubtedly, it's is. easy to say you have to pass the eye test, but then USC's five and zero, and they didn't pass the eye test, but they're still five and zero. So a win is but a win if, is a win is were, a win. If they were it helps when you lose the eye test, they were never going to go twelve and zero. That's the point. Right, but it helps when you lose because then you clarify the situation. Which okay. So, quite frankly, I'm I would rather USC lose this game like this than have to go through another you know, right? You know. Cuz at least you know. At least we, 100%. at least we get to go on Twitter and talk about how USC got their asses handed to them by a not great Stanford team. At the Coliseum on a night when you're honoring Sam Cunningham and you're you're supposed to be proving to everyone that they should have bought their season tickets this year and you need to come back to watch USC games. And the first opportunity that they have, they absolutely crap the bed. And like that is a comforting thought to know that finally USC Mike Bone doesn't get to run away from this game. Carol Fult doesn't get to run away from this game. No one can come out of this game going like, well, but at least they at least they got the win. Like winning ugly is still win all that bull crap. Like right. yeah. it's 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 just it's it's just like there's there's something really nice about just being able to look at a loss and say or look at a game and say you lost you lost big and you need to own that now. Pack your bags and go home. 
which uh, you don't agree with me on this, but as far as I'm concerned, there were a lot of tarmac jokes after this. This is not like a fireable offense loss. Have I ever mentioned how much I hate the tarmac jokes? I know you hate the tarmac jokes, but there were a lot of them out there from national media, from local media, from, from fans and all that kind of stuff. And like, as far as I'm concerned, what is the point? What is the point of sending Clay Helton up north to play Washington State? What is the point of of bringing him back home to play Oregon State? What is the why? Why are we even going to go through this bullcrap of another six weeks of knowing that the end is here because the end has been here for years and no one wanted? Well, no one in power wanted to admit it. So we're just gonna. What are we gonna do? The next month of our lives is gonna be sitting there in this in this purgatory of extra purgatory on top, knowing that eventually Clay Hilton will not have his job, but he's still going to be like, like, can we Randy Edsel the crap out of this at this point? Like I'm going to retire at the end of the season. No, you're gone now. Can we just, can can it just, I'm done. I'm done. Can I ask you an honest question? What? If we wake up tomorrow, we're in the middle of watching the Italian Grand Prix. And we get a text message that Clay Elton has been fired. What changes? My sanity. Does it really? Yes. Because then Does I don't. It honestly. Yes. Because then I don't have to have this cloud hanging over my head of like, Clay Elton has nine lives and he, he, he's, he's freaking Rasputin at this point. Like, There's do you know no- the story of Rasputin? <laughs> I, I know enough. They they they're trying to assassinate him and they poison him and he doesn't die and they try to like get him to drink himself to death and he doesn't die and then they shoot him point blank and he still doesn't die and they shoot him three more times and he still doesn't die and it's like is this guy going to ever freaking die? I live in a constant state of fear that Clay Hilton is going to get out of this and we're going to have to do this whole thing again in 2022. And I don't want to do that. So, yes, would it matter to me that we get a text message on Sunday that says that Clay Hilton is no longer USC's head coach? Yes, it would, because then the nightmare, the season will still suck, but at least the nightmare's over. At least then I can go to sleep at night and know that I don't have to put up with this in 2022 because my worst nightmare right now is 2022. Like, just... Put me out of my damn misery and just move on. Move because the Coliseum is going to be miserable against Oregon State. It's going to be toxic. It, okay, is it going to be better if it's Graham Harrell's the head the head coach? Yes, or Mike Jinks or Todd Orlando. I don't I, give a crap. So the, the way I look at it, it's already done. It is done. It's you lose this game, it's done. That's it. It's over. It's like there's I. I don't think you need to worry. Like, it's over. It's done. It's literally How done. many times has it been over? Do you remember no, 2018? No, I get Do that Do you remember point. 2019? I get that point. But at this point, the contract being over the hill, the money thing isn't the, what it was in 2018 and 2019. Like, okay, it's you're, you're not speaking. Okay, you're speaking rationally to somebody who is like, like we we've talked about it before. It, 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 I, I, I can't I, even trust rational thinking at this point. I'm just saying we, we talked about I've it before. I've been so wounded by and, this program at this point. And you've agreed with me that the only logical step, because based on college football logic, which is not logical, but the way college football works, after this season, you have to 
Fire or extend. Mm-hmm. That's how college football works. Yeah, but what if they come up with the stupid idea of like, we can extend him, but have the money in a better, uh, make a better That's financial way. That's not going way. to happen. Well, I live in fear that it will. Because I cannot do that. I can't do another. I, ca- I can't do it. I don't know that I can do another game at this point. Like, it, it was... See, the, the, way, the way I look at it is this happened and to the point of, well, this was it then. This was it. Because I, I know that we see, we see our Twitter mentions all the time. Uh, any little thing, you can post about anything and there will be a comment about, yeah, but Clay Helton. Oh, oh but Clay Helton is this. Oh, I'm, I'm rooting for the team to lose or any of those kind of things. And yet they're all lies because USC loses and nobody's happy, which is which yeah. is sort of amusing. No, thing, but right? but I genuinely but this if if the outcome is that you want change, then this was the result that you needed to happen. And like I said, it's done. It's done. I it is done. It might it might be done, but I'd rather it be done done than like this because it was done in 2019. And right. it was done in 20... Literally, Clay Hilton walked off the field in 2018 and everybody thought this is this is the end for him. Sure. That's the end. And it wasn't. So, like, forgive me if I'm and a little bit scarred from that. Part. And then we learned about all that kind of stuff. But, yeah. like, okay, so during the game on Slack, there was a discussion. Somebody dropped a, a, a gif of the moment in in the force awakens star wars so you won't get what i'm talking about but in the force awakens there's a moment there's the moment where is this the one with spock in it oh god where kylo ren is on the catwalk with his father and they're having this conversation or whatever about how like like and the and the gif that was dropped into the chat was uh like something like i want this pain to end is wait is luke his father no <sighs> han solo is his father whatever uh, I'm not. Alicia, I'm not. Spoilers. I'm not. Well, Jesus. you're about to get a bigger spoiler because guess what? Han Solo dies. Um, what? Ky- Kylo Ren needs to kill his father so that he can fully embrace the dark side because I'm, I'm sorry love of his fa- love of his father is the thing that's holding him back, and so he tells his fa- he tells his father like I I would li- I want this pain to end and I need you to help me. And so, like, there's this moment where they have, where they're holding the 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 lightsaber between them, and it's like you think that that like he's Han is going to help bring him back to the light, but really what it is is like he's giving him the strength to press the button to ignite the lightsaber to impale his father and then toss him over the side of the catwalk. And it's like I was literally living that scene today. I never want to root for USC to lose. I, I I am an eternal optimist. I always enjoy seeing the fight back that USC has shown us over the years. But genuinely, I was sitting there going, I need this pain to end. I need USC to do me a favor to help me out. And when that pick six happened, it was like the switch of the lightsaber ignited and suddenly it was like, no, I have accepted that I can kill my father and root for somebody's going to clip that and it's going to be used against me in a court of law. But like I I can root actively root for USC to be beaten as badly as possible to ensure the outcome that will help my sanity. And I hate that I have come to that point where during a USC game, 
My active thought was, God, I hope they don't come back here. God, I hope they don't come back here. It would have been very funny, but also I would have been very angry. More or less funny than Parker Lewis getting targeted. Well, okay, that was literally the funniest thing I've ever seen on a football field. Aside from the fact that it's targeting and serious and head trauma and all that kind of stuff, it's no laughing matter. I understand that, folks. But also, USC's kick, that was a sign of the damn times, was it not? Well, it was... USC's kicker flies in on the opening kickoff that, by the way, is a way better return than USC should ever be giving up. And it's the kicker who has to make the tackle. And he flies in like a rocket ship and out like out of the left side of the screen, just poof, all the way through. And then the, the announcers mentioned like, was that targeting? And the minute somebody mentioned it, I was just like, well, here we go. USC's kicker is about to get ejected for targeting. That's where this night is going. <laughs> Strap in, folks, because this is the stupidest bit of USC typicalness I could imagine. Well, I, I thought it was a little bit amusing that uh, when I was in the tunnel after the game, uh, going to where the, the players are and do their media availability, um, the only player that I was able to get any audio from, because of just the way how it worked out, um was Alex Stadhouse. Who I had to explain to multiple... Alex Stadhouse. Yeah, to the the kicker who replaced Parker Lewis. Yeah. Who I had to explain to... I watched the game with my, my mom and dad and my brother. I had to explain to them, like, yeah, that's the backup kicker. Don't worry, he's been USC's kickoff specialist before. Like, he's been around the block. He's not a disaster. Like he's been around for, like, 20 years. Yeah, he's fine. He'll be fine. Like, you don't want him kicking the 55-yard field goal to win the game the way that you might feel semi-confident throwing Parker Lewis out there. But he'll be fine. This won't be a big storyline. And then I had a thought of, like, wouldn't it be funny, extra funny, if, like, it became a storyline that this game came down to That would have been been fascinating. It would have been like the Texas game with Chase McGrath. Remember when... Yes. Chase McGrath missed every kick in, in the in the summer and, and and then he comes out in the Texas game and wins it, it <laughs> takes it to overtime and then wins it at overtime. Yes, right, yeah. And that's yeah. the stupid that's the, just it would, the stupidest it would have been, been crazy. The stupidest but, outcome is the outcome that but happens. But if you would have told me going into this game like okay, I'm not going to tell you anything about the game. All I'm going to tell you is that the only audio you're going to go home with is from Alex Stadhouse. I would have been like, what the hell happened in this game? Yeah. Yeah, well, it would have tipped you off that it was a loss because dudes don't like to hang around after losses. Sure. They like to get away so that they don't have to answer (laughs) questions from the media. And I don't blame them because what what are they supposed to say? What are you going to say? What are they supposed to? Well, okay. Can we talk about times that you can you can say it came down to execution? Yeah. Well, can we talk about Clay Hilton's presser? Because yes. I, no. I, I I saw the tweet come out from USC saying tune into the presser, and so right. I was like, huh, I wonder. It's a new year. I wonder what Clay Hilton will say after this ass beating at the Coliseum, and because uh, we haven't ha- heard him have to give an explanation after an ass beating at the Coliseum, usually it's on the road. So I turn it on, and it's literally the same. The same press conference I have heard a million times. Well, I thought not it was, just. I thought it was interesting though, because it was a little bit different. Was it though? In, in well, let me explain. In the sense that every single question 
was you know, you know the questions that people on Twitter want asked the and ones the- that aren't actually going to get an answer because they're they're the point of them is to ask the question and get that burn in instead of like actually getting a, an answer from the person you're so questioning every single question in the press conference um not worded in the same way Twitter would want you to. No, be, to no, no one asked Clay Hilton why he won't resign. No, <laughs> that was not asked. No, but like they were all tough questions, fair but tough questions, right? And every single one of them, none of them were ever going to get answers. Um, and and that's not just a Clay Hilton thing. That's most coaches. No one's going to give you the answer to those things in that moment. Yeah. Clay Hilton, especially someone who, who wants to look at the positives and and that kind of thing, um, was never going to give it the answers, which I think is the, the textbook, th- textbook thing of like, how so much of this can be unsatisfying from that perspective. Because those questions need to be asked. Uh, they're just never going to be answered. And so it's going to ultimately be, you, you'll feel unfulfilled by by those press conferences. Uh, one of the questions being, uh, it's year three, you're with a third-year quarterback. Is this what you expected the offense should look like? Uh, which I think is an absolutely fair question, but Clay was never going to answer that. Um, and he didn't. He t- talked about how he talked about it in the context of this game, which was like, well, we had to make like ninety-five yard drives, and if you have to do, if you have to have a fifteen-play drive, so many plays, you're bound to screw up something. Essentially, was what he was saying. Which, like, I get it, but that's not a satisfying answer to the question. Yeah. Yeah, but th- there are no satisfying no, answers there, there to, to any of there these aren't. questions. Right. There, there really isn't. Because, quite frankly, Clay Hilton obviously and doesn't have the answers because he would have done it. What, 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 no, what not you... from the, the the players are... are yeah. th- there's no point in asking the... What, are you going to ask Eric Bryan Jr. why he short-armed that, that catch attempt? Like, what is it? No. He knows he screwed up. He knows. Like, he, he doesn't need people to, to go out there and, like, say... Drake, Drake, Drake London, London wants that... That pass that pass back. Drake yeah. London wants a couple passes back in this game. Yeah, but my thing is, Clay Helton, if he had the answers to any of the questions that were asked of him at any time in a press conference, they wouldn't. This would be, be a asked. better team. Yeah, well, they need yeah, be yeah. This yeah. would already be a better team because because right. he clearly doesn't have the answers, and he clearly doesn't. He's clearly in over his head, and we've known this since 2015 but that's well we i mean we could have told you that at, at the beginning yeah. yeah like um yeah this this is an interesting car cast in the sense of like it, it is we're talking about the same exact things we've talked about forever uh just in the context of this year which is really in the context of everything else um but yeah, I, I I don't want to sound like I did after the Colorado game in 2019, where I said, okay, you just need to, from here on out, need to enjoy all of the moments with the players, uh, and knowing that it's over, because even though that was a win for SC, and we had that perspective that, but, but it's still definitely over, um, but for real, it's over. I know that you're the the PTSD is there and all that stuff from the past 
the the past decisions that have not gone USC's fans' way in terms of making a change is there. But it's like when everyone in the media is tweeting that you need a change in well, okay. week two. Okay, so like that's that's my point. It's if it's over, it's over, and just rip off the damn band aid. No, I get. Don't that. put us through another Clay Helton coach game. Just don't do it. Mike Bone is not going to earn himself, and the, the Mike Bone has already alienated a, a chunk of the fan base by keeping Helton to this point. But every week that people have to deal with this is another week that Mike Bone's credibility as athletic director gets eroded. They just need to pull off the Band-Aid because it's not going to get any better. I I get what you're saying. I just, I don't know that, I don't know that making the decision right now makes anything better in the long term. Like, But does it make it worse? Because I think it gets worse in the long term if you continue forward with this, this farce of a season then where Clay Helton gets to say, well, we're still fighting for the Pac-12 South. And it's like, okay, sure you are. And and I imagine you could actually win the Pac-12 South. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at this point. I just don't want to see you win the Pac-12 South. Okay. Pure hypothetical. Who would you rather win the Pac-12 South? Clay Helton as the head coach still this year. Or interim head coach Mike Jinx. Interim head coach Mike Jinx. We know what happens at USC when that happens. No, because if USC does that, I'm out. The podcast is over. I will be done. I'm done. Okay, I'm just saying, like, but that's the beauty but, of installing I, Mike Jinx as the head as the head coach because Mike Jinx was an utter failure as a head coach before. So, like, you just there, there's no um, potential. Alicia Ed Ogeron was an utter failure. Yeah, before. that's that's fair. But Edo had and still is. But that's a different story. Edo had mystique at USC that Mike Jinx does absolutely not have mystique. So. You install Mike Jinx or whoever the hell else you want. But here, here, and then okay. we go through, oh, look, they, the, the but, players rallied. Now move on. I mean, you do here, realize that USC did not hire Ed Orgeron. So they yes, went and out and they found Clay Helton they, because they, they felt no, bad about no, it. No, because Pat Hayden's a, an idiot in the end. But they went out. It was out, an overcorrection. They, they went out and hired the, the, the head coach that they wanted the to. Yeah. So why do we think Mike Bone is going to overcorrect the overcorrection? No, I'm not saying like, he is. No, I think he is. I don't. What, what I saying. would rather watch Mike Jinks and this team rally around the, you know, the, the interim bullcrap than I would. Would it be Jinx? It should be Jinx. I, I had this conversation with my brother. I don't think it can be Harold because he's so young. I can't I, see Todd Orlando wanting I, it. I can't. I don't know what if, Todd Orlando's if ambitions Todd Orlando are. If Todd Orlando wants it, you give it to him. Yes. Otherwise, you go Jinx, in my yes. opinion. Yes. And that was the, my one thought is that Mike Jinx actually has head coaching experience. He would mm-hmm. be a very uh, vanilla choice that you just... I mean, Mike Jinx is... <laughs> this is... Oh, my God. Just Mike Jinx is the Clay Helton option, except Clay Helton... If he had, uh, like, if he had had coaching experience in the past, so he, here's because there's no one else on the staff the, that the I think main, he can make. The main reason I said that no, I don't actually, know what no, 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 no. You know who it is? Sean Snyder. You give it to Sean Snyder. Yeah, but he doesn't have the tenure. 
And I, I know it's only one more year yeah. than Mike Jinx, but I don't, I don't know. Anyways. I think that, okay, hold on. That would be the, my most, if I wanted to make this season interesting, maybe it's to the benefit of the of the program that Sean, Sean Snyder comes in and is like, oh, I'm totally different. I'm going to be the head coach and we're going to do things however so you feel like he, it. Here's, here's my thing. Uh, and I know that it's easy to say that I am mentally of the mind that this is definitely over, so then don't worry about it. But I think that if you if you did make that move and we wake up tomorrow uh, or today when you're listening to this, probably, um, and that decision has been made, then to me, it like I don't know how the season gets better. I get the the point of like, well, then you don't have the lingering fear that it continues. But then all the the narrative just turns down to. Yeah, but then you're looking at the interim. And, I would and much rather that, deal. That inter, no, I would much rather BS. deal with. That's such a that that's a BS narrative too. No one's gonna look at the interim short of Graham Harrell. I think people are way over Graham Harrell at this point. We said no one, it about Clay Hill. No one's then he got gonna. The no one's again, gonna look I, at the. I don't think that Bone would make that mistake. No, but that's my point. I would rather deal with but that. But it would be a narrative scenario. that exists. Yeah, but between and the, I don't want to deal with between the, the two. I would much rather deal with that narrative than a single game more of having to deal with this narrative. I don't want to have, I don't want to speak the name of Clay Hilton again on this podcast. It's the narrative we know, though. No, I hate it. I don't want this narrative. Give me the narrative I don't know. Fair. Fair. Just something different. Give me, what is Mike Chinks going to do different? What is Sean Snyder going to do different? Because you know sure as hell Clay Hilton's not going to do damn thing different. And he's going to make corrections and be good at the end of the year. Didn't you listen to the press conference? (sighs) Yeah, and I've heard that press conference literally word for word five other times. So I'm very over it. I'm extremely over it. Can we talk about the game a little bit? What is there to talk about? The running game was good. My guy Vi was excellent. Give him the running game game because I thought it was it was. On a night when your receivers weren't at their best and your quarterback wasn't at your best, why weren't you just writing the running game more? It annoys me about USC. And then, yeah, after Whatever. the pick six, they really couldn't at that point. Yeah. But up, but before, but up until then, they you could've. scored 13 yeah. points before the pick six. So it's not like you, no, you, right, you right. know, wasted three quarters or anything. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think they, they could have run the ball a little bit more, especially when Stanford was, was dropping eight as much as they did. I thought they still ran the ball very well. Uh, even I, I don't, what was the sack adjusted rushing yards? Sack adjusted rushing yards for USC 185, 5.6 per carry. 5.6. Yeah. Okay. Last time I checked, it was like four point something. And I remember thinking that like, it feels like more than that. Um, and I think that's a true 5.6 too, in the sense that what was the longest run SC had tonight? Like maybe like. 14 yards? Uh, Vi had a 20-yarder and Ingram had a 22-yarder. I think both of those were later in the game. Yeah, I don't remember those. I think there was but, one early, but... But either way, they didn't have the 87-yarder that Stanford did. Either way, it's extremely annoying. That, like USC has good running backs, and I'm extremely annoyed because the thing that I thought was going to be the downfall of this season, the offensive line, they're just fine. In fact, they look like they can run block a hell of a lot better than previous USC offensive lines. So, like, yeah. I would have really appreciated... I said this coming out of halftime. Like, 
it would be real nice if Pass USC just been good too. yeah Pass Pro has been fine. That's the the, anno- the annoying no 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 fine. no the in the first half the really annoying thing was Keaton Slovis was being given ages to throw and he couldn't find a receiver and that's either a failure of the receivers not getting separation Slovis finding the window to throw in or the scheme not getting guys open. And I think it's probably all of the above, but right. but the the point is that like that I know this is the air raid, but also they they try to act like it's not the air air raid. So whatever, I found myself the entire time just going like, try running the ball six times in a row, see what Stanford does. Just try it. Just try running the ball six times in a row. Your running backs are in rhythm. Your offensive line is clearly comfortable. Try tr- try doing it. You know what I do if I name it, Joe. Let him run 30 times in a row and still drop it in. Yeah. Well, then USC runs 30 times. We don't know what USC would look like <laughs> because they never try that crap. So Sure. Uh, I, they come I, out, they I come loved out of, that drive where they ran the ball a million times. Yeah. Uh, if only because it was, we see Keaton Slovis run the ball four times for 17 yards on that drive. Um, scrambles, right? He had a couple of scrambles, but he had two designed runs. One of them was a zone read keeper, which I feel like has to be the plan. Like, that's a zone read keeper. I don't know that Keaton Slovis is actually making that read. Uh, And secondly, the other one was the sneak under center, right? Yeah. But the doing those zone read keepers and and the sneak after um, after the scrambles was very amusing to me. Like, just the way it worked out. Um, but, yeah, that's that's how you do it. Like, if you're able to get... If you're able to use him with his legs, then it makes the zone read more viable. If you're able to actually run the ball on a consistent basis, it prevents Stanford from dropping eight and clogging all those lanes when yeah, you're struggling for, to separate receivers. Don't start passing again until they're not dropping eight anymore. Right, but the the problem, and especially I want to say, was it that? No, one of the drives. I, they all get confusing for me a little bit in this game. Uh, one of the problems is that they were running, this was, no, sorry, this was the drive at the, the beginning of the, of the third quarter. It looks great. They're moving down the field. They're running the ball when they need to. Uh, they were actually they found open guys for a couple of times in the zone. Um, and then you have the one negative play, which is the, the fumbled snap. Uh, and then that just com- puts everything down to misery. And I think the, the problem with USC's offense right now is you cannot withstand a negative play. Yeah. Because once you get behind schedule, everything comes down. Like, everything falls apart. Yeah. Uh, and it, it goes to the thing of, like, they struggle to find to make things look easy in the passing game. They struggle to find open receivers. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing that, you're making every single thing difficult. And so, yeah, when one negative play happens, it takes away everything. And it takes away your ability to run because if you have first and goal at or first and 10 in the red zone at like the 13, and then suddenly you have a, a botch snap or whatever. And you have second and twenty-seven. Well, now you have to throw the football. No, the, but and the you botch. Run the ball but the botch point. snap. Keaton Slovis got the ball away. It was second and ten, and they threw a stupid little, uh, a little one-yard route to Taj Washington or something out on the left. 
and it got nothing like that. And that play was never going to get anything more than nothing. So like you would have been better off just handing the ball off to Vi Malapai or Keontae sure. Ingram, who were doing a good job at that point, like who were effectively running. Right. So, and again, it's, it's what even is the point of this USC offense? If they're not going to be, they're not going to be a good passing team. They're going to be a, a, a team that can run the ball, I guess, but doesn't want to actually. So what do you, what it, it's again, USC is caught between two minds. They have no identity. And so what is the offense going to be except for guys making plays? And guess what? Today guys didn't make plays. So USC had 13 points in the, in, in, in the meaningful parts of this game. Right. When you, when you put it that way, it comes out of making the plays, right? Like, that is the most damning thing about this, that SC, for as much talent as they have, they shouldn't have to rely on making those key plays in the key moments. Because they should because they should be ma- They should be making the, the key plays. The, 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 they should be making the plays between every one of those key moments. USC... To not lead to them being a key moment. Yeah, like USC is the is the student who doesn't do any of the homework, but then aces the final. Right. The problem is if you don't ace the final, you're gonna fail the class. Like it, it when you when when everything comes down to that, the big thing that you pull off. It's big Michael energy, by the way. Acing the final after not doing any of the homework or yeah. going to class ever. Yeah, that, that's me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I started an art project once. In design class, mm-hmm. we had the project for three weeks. It nine and it was a nine a.m. class. I started the project at three a.m. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, I'm a procrastinator too, so I'm not judging. But that's also that gives me anxiety. <laughs> not as much anxiety as the possibility of keeping Clay Hilton at this point, but yeah. also gives me anxiety. Anyways, uh. This might be shorter than 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 you wanted it to, but it's two a.m. But there's nothing else to talk. There's, there's, a, it's it's two a.m. I've been awake since seven and working the entire time. The race is in four hours. The race is in four hours. Yeah. I've got a Liverpool game in the morning too that I may very well skip because at some point I'm going to need to sleep, and I work tomorrow. Yeah. So that's a whole other thing that's maybe making me cranky. But also, there is literally nothing more to say. We can have a conversation in the main show about the defense. We can have a conversation in the main show about the fact that USC still hasn't had a sack this season, which is mind-blowing. It's weird because they have I thought the defensive line was yeah. fine tonight. Yeah. Uh, With the exception of the big the big. Yeah, well, we can, talk, we can talk about the big plays that they gave up. We can talk about all sorts of things. Keaton Slovis' performance. We can talk about the the implications for the rest of the season all that kind of stuff but it all comes down to this season is pointless because the end of the road is here and we can either rip that band-aid off and be done with it or we can continue on a road that we all know is ending and that is meaningless and pointless so it is a dead end bro it's literally a dead end so do we keep walking or because guess what? That dead end road is up a very steep uphill. So it's not pleasant walking, guys. This is not all downhill from here. <laughs> it's all uphill from here. Yeah. 
anyways, uh, we've gotten a ton of calls into the rant line, but you are still welcome to call. 213-373-1872 is the phone number. Email address is reignoftroy at fansided.com. Give us your emails, give us your calls, and uh, we'll talk to you on Monday in the main show. Tell Michael about how it's very important to you that by Sunday a change is made. Like, just tell Michael that we we ever, we all agree on this, except except for the one voice of reason over here who is going to tell us that no, they're not going to fire their head coach in week two. Well, yeah, I know that, but I no, want it to, to happen. Be, to be fair, I'm not advocating for not firing. No, I know you're not advocating I'm not for not advocating firing for him. not having a change. You're just saying coach. you don't see the point of firing him now. Where I just need it. I just need it to happen. And I know it's and and just to be clear, it's not going to happen. No one's going to fire their head coach in week two. It's just not going to happen. Right. Last thing, pick to click. Uh, Verstappen winning off pole tomorrow. To, sorry, today. Uh, yes. Okay. Lewis going to is Lewis going to podium? I think Lewis will put. I Lewis will get by the McLarens. Will there be a McLaren on the podium? What's your, what's your podium? Just tell me your podium. Um, uh, Verstappen, Hamilton, and uh, who's up there? Uh, yeah, probably Dan- Norris. Danny Rick's two, and yeah, Norris is three. Yeah, I can't, I can't pin on anyone else that I would actually. I mean, I'd love to say Carlos Sainz, but got more Sainz. Carlos. All right, uh, that's that's it. Uh, Verstappen wins from pole. Uh, later guys, see ya. See ya. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.